Hello, I'm Ben O'Neill, the news editor in MLEX's London Bureau. If you've tuned in to MLEX's podcasts before, thanks for joining us again. And if this is your first time, a very warm welcome. Today I'm joined by Martin Coyle and Ben Lucas, who both report from London for MLEX's Anti-Bribery and Corruption Service. Martin, hello. Hi, Ben. And Ben, hello to you too. Hi. Now, you two spend much of your time working through and reporting on the complex trails of fraud and kickbacks, overseas briberies that some companies leave behind them. But today, we're going to talk about what happens when the law enforcers themselves are the story. And that's very much the case in the UK right now, where the country's principal corruption prosecutor, the Serious Fraud Office, or SFO, has spent months wondering if it actually has a future. It seems a very long way from January, when the SFO was fated after concluding a deferred prosecution agreement with Rolls-Royce for almost half a billion pounds over worldwide corrupt practices that spanned three decades. But then in May, Prime Minister Theresa May pledged in her election manifesto to merge the SFO with the larger National Crime Agency. So, Martin, Ben, what's the latest with the SFO? I mean, we're now in August, and this hasn't happened, and there's no merger, and the SFO has just opened up several large new investigations into big companies. So can you bring us up to date, Martin? Yes, thanks, Ben. As you say, Theresa May, uh, in her previous role as Home Secretary, has twice before tried to roll the agency under the wing of the SFO, but she's failed. Now, this third attempt as Prime Minister looks like it could also fail due to the Conservative Party's slim majority in Parliament. But we, so far, we've had no formal announcement from the government on this. Um, now, her plan did cause a bit of an outcry from lawyers and campaigners, and the timing of it was strange, considering, as you mentioned, the, the Rolls-Royce settlement, which was a big win for the SFO. Now, separately, um, the government is conducting its own investigation in how, to, how the country's financial crime um, it, uh, capabilities are set up, and this has also put pressure on the SFO and its role. Now, the, the government has remained tight-lipped on what it's looking at but, and, and when the results will be announced, but it's, it's this pressure that the SFO is facing. Um, however, the, the plan wasn't announced in the Queen's speech, which, where the government sets out its um, legislative proposals this, for the year. This was the merger plan? That's right, that's right. So this, this is a big clue that the, that the government is no longer going ahead with the move. Is, is there a sense that, uh, yeah, that the SFO itself is, is confident? Well, it, the, the day after the election uh, in June, MLEC spoke to David Green at a conference in Norway, and he seemed quite chipper. Um, and he, he said that the merger was unlikely to be a big priority for the government due to its reduced majority. So he's, he seems fairly confident. Well, that sounds, sounds like it would be good news, at least for, the, for opponents of the move. But, I mean, one question is, you know, why exactly would it be bad to be part of the NCA? Well, people are saying that in its present guise, the SFO is independent from any government interference and it only answers to the Attorney General. So it's able to investigate and prosecute cases under its own steam. There's a concern that if it was under the wing of the NCA, which is controlled by the government's Home Office, it could be subject to government interference, which wouldn't be good when we're dealing with big companies in the UK. Well, certainly, I mean, the UK has prided itself on, on independence in, in judicial matters, so that, that would be a, a poor turn of events. Exactly, and the NCA itself does a lot of work on drugs and money laundering, and not so much on, on corruption. So there's also a concern that, 
you know, the, the, the corruption, which has been the, the fight against corruption, which built up a bit of a head of steam, will, could fall down the list of um, priorities under a new agency. Does the NCA not prosecute corruption at all, or is it just a minor part? It, it does, but it's, we've seen very little from it, very, very little at all. What about pressure from the outside? I mean, is the UK, you know, does it think it, that this would, would not cause any problems? Is there any international pressure? Well, it's interesting. We spoke to um, Drago Koss, who's the head of the OECD's bribery working group, which is an um, organisation which brings together countries around the world who have signed up to a commitment to uh, stamp out bribery. Now, he said he was prepared to issue the UK with a formal public rebuke, which is quite a serious step. Um, if the UK went ahead with this merger, he brought up the um, the idea that uh, about the about how politicians could potentially influence the work of the SFO, so he wasn't very happy with this. Okay, so we've got the, the, there's pressure against it, um, and then it's not mentioned after the election. So where are we now exactly, Ben? Can you tell us what uh, I mean? What, what's the SFO been up to since the election? Celebrating, I guess. Well, not quite celebrating, but but definitely breathing a, a sigh of relief. And um, and but since then, we've seen a number. Uh, of major charging decisions and a number of major corruption probes that have been announced as well. Charging decisions, corruption probes, but who, into who? Are these high-profile companies? These? So there are two major corruption investigations and one serious uh, charging decision, and that charging decision is um, for Barclays, PLC, and four former um, execs, including former Barclays Group Chief Executive John Varley. Now they've been charged with fraud offences over the emergency fundraising deals that it agreed with Qatar's sovereign wealth fund during the height of the 2008 financial crisis, uh, largely to avoid being bailed out by the UK government. Uh, now it's important to note that both the bank and the four former execs deny any wrong di- wrongdoing there, uh, but there's still the possibility that the SFO could bring charges against um, Barclays Bank, the banking unit. Um, now this is really important, this is really significant because uh, people speculated that after um, the Rolls-Royce DPA in particular that the serious fraud office was only going after these uh, plea deal agreements but this shows that the SFO is not afraid to uh, bring charges at all, um, particularly where it thinks action, that sort of action is necessary. Okay, so Barclays is in the spotlight, but you mentioned there were a couple of other probes as well? Yes, two other, two other corruption probes. Um, so that first one is uh, Rio Tinto. Uh, the Anglo-Australian mining giant. and Now, it's been dogged with allegations of corruption over its activities at the world's largest iron ore mine in Guinea, known as Simandu. Uh, and last year, it self-reported uh, to the Serious Fraud Office and the um, US Department of Justice um, about a $10.5 million payment uh, that it made in 2011 to a consultant involved in the project. Uh, and the SFO has now announced a formal corruption probe there. Uh, and also there's the um, corruption probe into BAT, or British American Tobacco. Uh, now the prosecutor hasn't given um, many details there about the exact conduct that they're looking at, uh, but it's believed to be related to allegations that the company paid bribes to undermine new tobacco laws being introduced in Africa, in particular Burundi. So we've got Barclays, Rio Tinto, BAT. I mean, these are huge companies. The investigations are at an early stage, so we don't know what's going to happen. But, I mean, this is a lot of activity and, and high-profile companies. Martin, what, what's going on here? I mean, is the SFO trying to make a statement? Well, it's possible, Ben. I mean, the, 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 timing, the timing of these cases are important. Um, uh, as we've spoken about, they, they come after the agency was under threat. It's, 
now come out from another period of uncertainty and it said, look, we can take on these big corporates. It's almost saying, you know, we, you need the SFO to do this job to, to go after these, these companies. It, it's a statement of intent, really. The, the agency is making itself look valuable and it's doing, in its eyes, it's doing good work, which makes it harder for anyone to, 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 get, to get rid of. I see. I mean, that's that, that's kind of what what anyone would do in a in a similar situation where you feel threatened. But of course, the point is, it's it it knows about this activity. It's been studying it for a long time. Its its arena is very special. Could the NCA do it? Well, that's the, that's the whole uncertainty. That's the problem we have. If if the if the NCA does take over, it it could put these probes under threat, or at least make them more difficult to to carry on. I mean, there would be a process of integration and this could cause turmoil uh, among staff staff could leave so you know it, it puts these investigations under threat at, at the very least okay now the, the Barclays case you mentioned earlier I think I remember that, that that's not really due to begin for at least another it's going to take a, a year or more but the SFO's boss David Green he's leaving quite soon isn't he I mean how's how is that going to work what do, what do the cases mean that are, that are coming up what do they mean for him personally Ben what, what do you think well, he's, he's set to leave in April 2018, so he'll have been at the helm for um, six years now. So, so as well as this sort of statement of intent, um, they're definitely, uh, David Green said that he wants the largest cases on the SFO's books wrapped up before he goes, and, and I think he obviously wants to leave on a bit of a high. Okay, well, that suggests more high-profile activity to come, but j- just drilling down to the detail, over the coming months, what can we expect to see? Martin, what do you think? Well, September, um, the SFO will head to court for a criminal trial um, of three former executives from the British supermarket Tesco, and uh, they deny the charges. This is the next big test for the SFO. Um, You you know, in court again, after the um, acquittals of the two LIBOR uh, uh, traders. So the the SFO needs needs a big win to, to bolster its reputation. Ben, I mean, is that, that, that sounds about right, right? Uh, yeah, and, and as I was saying before with regards to wrapping up largest cases, um, so the last remaining big case on the SFO's books is GlaxoSmithKline, uh, and there's been sort of no decision there yet. So, you know, over the next few months, we could see a possibility of, you know, a DPA, a charge, or even the investigation being dropped. And, and, and finally, whenever we do see uh, a new job advert, for David Green's replacement, speculation about who succeeds him uh, will be the next big story. The next big story. Well, that's something that MLEX likes. And that seems probably like the perfect place to leave it. Martin and Ben are anti-bribery and corruption correspondents in London. Thank you very much for bringing us up to date on a fascinating unfolding topic. And uh, watch this space when that big story does unfold, as MLEX will be bringing you the insight and analysis that you expect to in order to make sense of it. Now, if you'd like to read our coverage on the SFO's ups and downs, head to mlexmarketinsight.com and then click on Insight Center and then choose Editor's Picks. And you can also find MLEX's full range of podcasts so far in that Insight Center area. I'm Ben O'Neill, and on behalf of everyone here in MLEX's London Bureau, thanks very much for joining us today. And we'll see you soon for another MLEX podcast.